Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Talking about the purpose of the pursuit of purpose of your destiny, of your calling, of your assignment. This is something that every person is searching for. The pursuit of destiny is not just for the believer. Everybody in the world is pursuing destiny right now, is looking. Why are they here? What have they been called to do? Why are on they are on the earth? Everybody is searching for this. This is the journey every single human being is on. Everyone wants to know why they are on this earth. And sadly, we have many believers that don't even know why why they're on this earth. Many of you right now, you say, Isaiah, I don't know what my calling is. What is my purpose? And I'm going to talk to you and help you get into your calling. And I get more than any other question I've ever been asked. How do I know my purpose? How do I know my calling? How do I know specifically what God wants me to do? So stay on this, share this, because that's what we're going to talk about. Now, one of the major issues we have to discuss in the church is we're telling people where they go when they're dot when they die, but we're not telling people what is their purpose on the earth. Like more than just a Sunday to a Sunday, a service to a service. What is my purpose on the earth? What do I do from Monday to Tuesday or Monday to Saturday? What do I do throughout the week? What does God call me? What is my specific design? God does have a specific design for every person. I'm gonna show you this in scripture while I'm on the earth. The climax of our Christianity is not just where do we go when we die, but it's living right now for God's kingdom on the earth. So if you're living for where you go when you die and someday I'm going to die and go to heaven, then you're going to live a very pathetic life because you're going to live your life realizing the best thing that could happen to you is for you to die. So if you think like that's all I'm living for, and this is why we have a Christianity that's all about getting people saved, getting people saved every week, the same people are getting saved every week, the same people are coming to the altar because we're preaching just the gospel of salvation. When Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom, he preached about the kingdom of God. So this is the lifestyle that God is calling us to live in. He has a mandate and a purpose for every single person. So we need to understand that Jesus came and brought a kingdom. He brought a lifestyle. Come on, type one if I'm preaching good. He brought a new lens into which we can see life. He brought supernatural power to change what before was unchangeable. Before he came, there was no freedom from demonic bondage. Before he came, there was no ability to lay hands on the sick. There was no way to go from being addicted, from being angry, from being bitter and resentful. And in one moment, you go from death to life from one moment you go from this terrible person to be born again and walking in the power and the authority come on share this Jesus is the only person that you're going to find your purpose in now I know many of you watching you've tried to find it in a guy a girl a career a relationship and you're in this broadcast and you've been left empty because you tried to find your purpose in the wrong places the Bible makes it clear we could only find our life by first losing our life so if you try to hang on to your life and you haven't surrendered, I'm going to show you how to do this tonight. You're going to be, you're going to miss your purpose. You're going to miss your destiny. You're going to miss your calling. And I can remember laying in bed night after night before I was saved, thinking there has to be more to this life than just living a nine to five. There has to be more to this life than just going to college and getting a degree and getting a girlfriend and getting married and, and all the stuff that life and society tells you is purpose. And I, I always would think what, there has to be more. There has to be something out there up in the galaxy. Now I wasn't saved. So I was like, maybe it's the universe, but somewhere out there there there's something more and friend I want to talk to you because I know everyone in the broadcast is not saved we'd be ignorant to think everyone in here is a believer 
that something in you telling you there's more is because there is more. God has built an inherent automatic intrinsic desire for something more and that is the calling and the purpose this is more than just having a job this is more than just living a mundane life this is more than just sunday to sunday or more than just praying a prayer five minutes a day this is something divine for you something supernatural for you something god ordained for you something that god has prepared for you, for you, there's something for you. Now I've acquired my calling and I've answered my call and I've had several calls. And we'll talk about the difference between one call and several calls and the general call. But understand for the 2300 of you watching, there's something special and specific for you. Johanna said, I was crying today for this. There's something for you. So that's what we're trying to find out is what is my specific purpose? What is my specific destiny? Praise the Lord for Isaiah Saldivar. Come on, praise the Lord. He's doing what God's called him to do, but that doesn't mean I'm called, I'm doing what, I'm, what I've been called to do. It doesn't mean I'm walking in my destiny just because Isaiah's walking in his destiny or just because my pastor or just because a preacher is walking in their destiny. It doesn't mean that I'm walking in mine. So you gotta understand the power and the desire for calling and purpose. And that's everyone in you. And that's why tonight as I'm preaching, Every single person could relate. Now, when we're talking about certain things in our broadcast, there's times you're like, I relate to this, I don't relate to this. Here's the thing about tonight. It might not get the most views, the most clicks, because it's not as exciting as like the Antichrist or demons or anything like that, but it applies to every single person. It's one of those things that every single person is longing for. It's sad because you see many celebrities that have millions of dollars in the bank, but they're empty because they're not living out their purpose. They're living on accident instead of on purpose. Friend, if you're living accidentally, if you're waking up with no goal, no plan, no destiny, no vision, no dream, no purpose, you're living on accident. And God, and I'm not going to I'm not here to condemn you, but God wants you to live on purpose. God has a specific destiny. You can have all the friends in the world, all the wealth and success, but be empty because you don't have purpose. And this is one thing we've mistaken, especially in the church, people have mistaken success for calling. They've mistaken their career for their calling. They've mistaken money for their calling. But understand, none of these things equate to calling biblically. Career does not equate to calling. Come on, is this good? Money does not equate to calling. There is a special fulfillment and peace that you get when you're in your calling that nothing else can give you. There's something about being in the call of God that nothing else can satisfy, nothing else can remedy, nothing else can fulfill you like being in the call and being in the position where God can move you from glory to glory and call you and equip you and assign you. So you might be in this broadcast and you're miserable because you have a career but you don't have a calling. You might be in this broadcast because you have and you have a lot of money but you don't have a calling. Now I've had several in the last week celebrities, uh, quarterbacks for NFL teams, professional basketball players, and several different you know, random movie stars follow me on Instagram. And I had someone recently of a very, very large church, very successful as a worship leader following me. And I'm thinking, man, all these random people are following the broadcast because they know that there's something more. In fact, there's somebody right now, several that are listening that have millions of dollars in their bank account, but they're empty. There's somebody listening right now that's very famous, but they're empty. So you have to understand that not everybody here we just came to God because we're like, oh, we have nothing better to do. There's a lot of successful people. When I came to God in my own eyes, in the eyes of the world, I was successful, but in the grand scheme of the plan of God, I was empty and I had no purpose. So you're not going to get away from this. You're not gonna be able to, if I just do this. And so what, what society will tell you is, if you just get this, you're going to be satisfied. 
And, you, and the reason why you're not satisfied, this is what society says, is because you haven't gotten that. The reason why you're not satisfied, and I feel the Holy Ghost strong tonight, is because you haven't gotten the car. You haven't gotten the girl. You, ha you don't have 100,000 followers. Friend, I gained 200,000 TikTok followers in four days. And let me just tell you, I felt no different after. So just getting followers and getting success and having money and having career is not going to satisfy you eternally or internally. So this is why the gospel meets that need. This is why the call of God, the specific purpose of God meets that need because you're never going to find it in anything else. And so you might be chasing right now and you're going, okay, once I get with the guy, once I get with the girl, or, or maybe I just need to have kids and people, you know, they have trouble having kids years go by and they're like, once I have kids, then I'll be satisfied. Then the kid comes and they're still empty. Or they say like, once I just get $100,000 saved and I invest and I have this and then I'm able to buy the car I've been wanting and I'm not stressed about finances, then they get the money and nothing changes. This is why people that win the lottery, their life falls apart. One of them, there's many reasons, but one of them is they thought that would make them happy. They thought that would be success. They thought that would be fulfillment. This is why movie stars say, one of the saddest nights of their life was nights they got awards or football players say one of the saddest nights of their life was the night they won the Super Bowl because they got what they thought was going to make them happy but they didn't realize true pleasure and true happiness can only be found in your calling in your purpose now I'm going to use the words calling and purpose synonymously okay and if you're taking notes start taking notes now because we're going for it strong and I'm going to give you practical steps to find your calling according to the word of God. So you need to know this, write this down. Everyone has a general calling given to us by Christ. This is the great commission. This is the sending out of the disciples. Remember commission is co-mission. So understand that in your calling and your general assignment, which I'm going to go not just general into individual in a minute here is your co-mission. You're co-laboring with Christ. So you are not in this alone. You are not on this journey by yourself. The Holy Spirit, Spirit is your coworker. He is your attorney. He is your power source. He is your advocate. He is your comforter. He is your helper. He's the one fighting alongside you. He's the one working with you. So I said that just before I hit live, I said, Holy Spirit, I need you. You know, today's been a very hectic day in my mind and just period. And I said, Holy Spirit, before I went live, I said, I need you. And I said this, Holy Spirit, if you don't co-work with me, if you don't co-labor with me, I can't do this broadcast. I will literally stop streaming if the Holy Spirit doesn't help me in co-labor. Guys, when I get up here to preach, I'm expecting the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do in me and that is speak out of me with his power. You know, people right now are saying, I'm crying. Why are you crying? Because the Holy Spirit is speaking out of me, speaking to you, empowering you, reviving you, delivering you, healing you. It's not Isaiah doing it, it's the Holy Spirit. So my job is I lay myself down on the altar of living sacrifice. Come on, somebody. I open up my mouth and I let the Holy Spirit use me as a vessel. Now, do I always feel like it? Absolutely not. There's moments where it's like, I don't want to go live. I don't want to preach. I don't want to make a video, but I make myself do it. Why? Because Paul says, I beat my body up. I make my body do what my spirit knows it should do because my spirit and my flesh are at war with each other. So if I decide I'm just too tired, I'm going to cancel the broadcast. I could cancel anytime I want. Okay. I don't have a manager's making me stream. I could cancel tonight. I don't cancel because I know people need it, but also I know that when I go live, the Holy Spirit is going to co-labor with me. So know that you're not alone. So the general calling that everybody has is to preach the gospel, is to heal the sick, is to drive out demons, is to baptize people 
raise the dead and make disciples that is the general calling of every believer this is what jesus told them to do when he sent out the disciples so if you're a believer that's your general calling you don't need a special anointing come on can i get someone to say preach in the chat you don't need a special gifting you don't even need god to tell you to do this so do i need god to call me to heal the sick no do i need god to call me to deliverance ministry now one thing people say is i feel god calling me to deliverance ministry you don't need to feel god calling you the word of god calls you to deliverance ministry jesus said go cast out demons so you're already called to do deliverance ministry you're already called to lay hands on the sick because jesus told the disciples to do it and his calling has not changed matthew 28 and when jesus said to them this is in verse 19 all authority in heaven and on earth was been given to me therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i have commanded you and behold i'm with you always even at the end of age but notice what he said all that i've commanded you so what did jesus command them to do well the disciples he's talking to he commanded them to go heal the sick he commanded them to go drive out demons he commanded them to go preach the gospel so jesus says go baptize preach but also teach them to observe all that i've commanded of you so you're going to and this is for all the people that are like we're not called to cast out demons we're not called to heal the sick we're not called to raise the dead that was just for the disciples and there's no such thing as apostles that's passed away let me just say this teaching them who's them all the people you're going to preach to to obey everything i've commanded of you to observe so everything i command you observe it and he says i'm with you always even to the end of the age so the great commission it didn't stop with the disciples it didn't stop after the book of acts he said i want you to teach them to observe what i've commanded you to do so i don't need to tell you in matthew 28 to go cast out demons because i already told you in mark 16 that believers do this i already sent you in matthew 10 i already sent you in mark 10 so you don't need me to tell you what you need to do is teach them to observe all that i've commanded you now should we teach them some jesus says teach them all this is the general call now notice jesus man i'm helping myself tonight did not say wait he didn't say invite them to church in fact you're not going to find any verse in the bible that says go invite people to church that's your calling as a believer he said go to them so wherever the people are if they are at starbucks and you work at starbucks go to them if they are on TikTok go to them on TikTok. if they are on facebook right now there's 2700 live i'm going to you right now i'm going i'm not waiting you're like well you're in your studio preaching yeah but understand through the cell phone and through the television and through TikTok, instagram facebook youtube all the platforms i'm going directly to you where are you you are on social media now why did the disciples go to the marketplace because that's where the people were 2021 nobody's hanging out at the farmer's market okay so how do we go to the marketplace we go by going where people are gathering and sadly in 2021 people gather online people are not gathering you know at the grocery store they're not gathering at movie theaters they're gathering online and so we have to go where the people are so is it biblical to start a TikTok ministry absolutely because that's the great commission is to go make disciples is it biblical to preach on youtube and on in absolutely because we're called to go now mark 16 17 says and these signs shall accompany those who believe in my name they will cast out demons so not maybe not if not but they will cast out demons they'll speak in new tongues they'll pick up serpents with their hands they'll drink deadly poison it will not hurt them they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover and then the bible says so when the lord jesus after he had spoken to them was taken up to heaven and sat down at the right hand of god and they went out and they preached everywhere everywhere they preach okay while the lord worked with them and confirmed the message accompanying by accompanying signs so they went out to preach 
They were healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead, speaking in new tongues, taking up nothing hurt them. And when you talk about taking up deadly serpents, all that saying is God will give you divine protection, okay? So you're not going to get killed. You're not going to die. God will divinely protect you. When other people might die, you won't die. That's divine protection. But notice that the Lord worked with them. There, there we see again, he's our coworker. And he confirmed the message by accompanying signs. So you understand casting out demons, healing the sick, doing deliverance is God confirming the message of the gospel. Now, let me tell you, you could already see a problem in the church. We have no accompanying signs. So you bring your family to church. You bring your friend to church. No one's getting healed in the church. Nobody's getting delivered in the church. The Holy Spirit's not moving. No one's getting full of the Holy Ghost. And the word that was preached is not validated because the Bible says that he validated the word by accompanying signs. That's how he confirmed the message. So how do we confirm that Isaiah Saldivar is preaching a genuine faith? The signs and wonders confirm the message. How do we confirm that our gospel is the only true gospel? What separates us from Catholics, from Mormons, from Hindus, from Buddhists, from Muslims, from New Age? What separates us? The signs and wonders, John 10. If you don't believe me, Jesus said, believe the signs and wonders and know that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me. So all those preachers that you listen to on YouTube that don't believe in signs and wonders, that talk you out of doing miracles, that say, oh, you don't really have to cast out demons and you know, miracles are a rare occurrence and you don't really have to pray in tongues and God doesn't really want to give it to everybody. All these religious people you guys love so much, praise the Lord for them, they're lying to you. Because the Bible says that the signs are going to confirm the message. So you have to understand God is working with us. So you might say, Isaiah, what is my calling if I'm a school teacher? Your general calling is to preach the gospel, heal the sick, drive out demons. Well, no, no, Isaiah, but what if I'm a police officer? Your general calling is to preach the gospel, heal the sick. Isaiah, but what if I'm a stay-at-home mom? Your general calling is to preach the gospel, heal the sick, drive out demons, baptize people, raise the dead, make disciples. That is your general calling. So it doesn't matter what you are, what your career is, that is your general calling. So that's the general calling for every believer. Now the purpose of, and we're going to go into individual callings here in a minute. The purpose of your general calling to do those six or seven things I named is to bring glory to God. Our life, write this down, is supposed to be bringing God glory. So ask yourself tonight, is my life bringing glory to God? Is it bringing honor to God? Is my life advancing his kingdom? Is it fulfilling his will? Is it furthering God's agenda? That's why Jesus said, first, you need to die to self. You cannot fulfill, write this down, your agenda and God's agenda at the same time. First Corinthians 10 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, in whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Let your life bring glory and honor to God. So the glory of God, I hope you're taking notes because I'm, do I'm dropping stuff on you here. The glory of God is always the first variable to finding your calling. If you're looking for your calling, look for something or somewhere that's going to bring glory to God. Don't mistake calling for a career, okay? Don't mistake calling for hobby. They're separate things. A career is what you do for a living. A hobby is what you do for enjoyment or fun. Now the end goal, and this won't always be for everybody, but I'm just giving you it in a general sense. Here's the end goal to match your career with your hobby and your calling all together. So your calling, your career, and your hobby all work synonymously. And those are the three things that most people are gonna have. They're gonna have the, the calling, the career, and the hobby. Sadly, many of us have careers and hobbies, but we have no calling. We just go to church on Sunday. So if I'm able to fulfill my calling, okay, financially build a business to support my family, 
and enjoy doing what I do, then I've been able to hit all three of those things and I'm right there where I want to be. Now, there's going to be times where your calling and your career are not going to run synonymously. Let me give you an example. You might have a very successful career, but your calling is to work in children's ministry at your local church. So you might have your career on one end, but you have your calling on the other end. So callings and careers don't always go synonymously. They don't, they don't always cross paths, but ideally to have all three cross paths is amazing. Your hobbies might also not cross paths. Now you should enjoy doing your calling. And if you are in the call of God, you're going to enjoy it. There's going to be pleasure. Now my hobby is, I should say was, but it still is, was fishing. Now I haven't been fishing. Now don't feel bad for me. I haven't been fishing in like almost a year, but in the last year and a half, I've been fishing like one or two times. I have a boat in the garage that's been sitting for almost a year and a half because I started streaming and preaching and I have a limited amount of time to do this with you guys, to be with my wife and kids, and then to do my hobby. So now, as of right now, which again, I'm working on my schedule so I could get back into fishing this summer. Right now, this is my hobby. I'm on, the, I'm on watching videos on the algorithm, how to optimize, how to share, how to do this, but I actually enjoy doing this. So my hobby, my calling, and my career are all three put together. Again, that's not always gonna be the case, but that's gonna happen a lot of the times. Now, Matthew 4, 19, write this down. Jesus, follow me, and I will make you, write this down, I will make you fish for people. So notice what he told the disciples. You're still going to fish, but now your goal is not to make money, it's to see lives transform. See, when people get saved, they say, Isaiah, do I need to quit my career? No, but understand your job now, your career now, is not just to make money, it's to see people's lives transform. So you're still going to fish, Jesus said, but now you're going to do it for a different reason. So let me give you an example. When I got saved, I was working at Starbucks when God called me and I worked there for a year and a half and I didn't go for money any longer. I wasn't going to make lattes. I wasn't going to make money. I got called by God and now I'm going to Starbucks. Of course, I'm still going to make money. I'm going to do a good job and make the lattes and do all that type of stuff. But for a year and a half being saved, I'm going now not just for a paycheck, I'm going to fish for souls. I'm going to see soul saved. So now my purpose at my job is to minister to people. Now you don't have to get on the counter and get yourself fired. That's not what I'm trying to tell you to do. What I'm trying to tell you to do is you need to be ready to minister. You need to be ready to fulfill the calling that God has placed on your life in your career. So I still worked there a year and a half and I said, God, whenever you're ready for me to go, I'm ready to go. But I'll tell you right now, I was seeing lives transform. I saw people get saved. People this day, managers of mine that are still to this day saved and serving God because I was willing to go there, not just make lattes, but see lives transform. And so this is where our mindset has to change. We have to move out of this God only wants me to be a pastor or a preacher into God can use me, anoint me, utilize me anywhere I'm at. I can bring revival to my job. I can bring revival to my hobbies. Come on, I, I played softball for two years and preached to a whole bunch of guys there, and some of them are still serving God because I played softball with them. I can bring revival to my career. I can bring revival to my fishing. I can bring revival to my hobbies. I could bring revival to whatever you're in. Maybe you're into collecting sports cards. Maybe you're into, I don't know, vintage cars. Maybe you're into fishing. Maybe you're into baseball maybe you're into football what is your hobby and then how do I infiltrate my hobby for the honor and the glory of God and use that to make myself available now there was guys I played softball with for three months and then they started asking me man I'm really going through this and I was able to minister to them I was able to share with them 
So you need to learn that your calling is going to merge into these things. I'm not saying quit your job. I'm saying stop going to your job only for money. If your only purpose, listen to me closely and write this down. If the only reason why you're going to your career is money, you're going to end up empty. You're going to live your life empty, okay? And what I also want you to write down and understand is so God has a general calling. It's to bring glory to him, but also... Satan has a calling for you. So this is something pastors don't talk about that Satan has an individual, a general and an individual calling. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I've come to bring life and life more abundantly. So the devil's general calling, because remember God has a general calling we already talked about, the devil's general calling and his general assignment is to steal from you, is to kill you and the things and people around you. And that's not just not kill you physically, that could be to kill your passion, that could be to kill your joy, that could be to kill your peace, that could be to kill your rest and, and destroy, that could be destroy your family, destroy your marriage. He's trying to take from you, he wants to take, He's wanting to steal out of your heavenly bank account what God has deposited in you. The devil's working overtime to steal this from you. So you need to know the devil also has a counter calling, something for you. But like God, he doesn't just have a general calling. The devil has an individual plan for every single person. Believe me when I say this, demons have meetings about you. Demons have strategy meetings on how to destroy you. They strategize, the Bible says, and that's why Paul says, don't be ignorant of the devil's strategies because the devil plans against you. He wars against you. He's looking to destroy you. He's looking for a way in. Acts 19, the sons of Sceva said, Peter, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? In other words, your name hasn't been discussed in our board meetings. We don't know who you are, but when you start infiltrating, the kingdom of darkness, when you start driving out demons, when you start laying hands on the sick, the devil begins to know who you are and he wants to make sure you don't fulfill your calling. Now, Satan can only be at one place at one time, so let me not get this twisted for you. These are demons that fulfill the role of Satan. Remember, Satan is the prince of demons. So one of the jobs that demons have is to make sure you fulfill the calling that the kingdom of darkness has on your life. Some people wonder, why do demons hide? Or why have years gone by, then a demon manifests after five years? One of the reasons is, if you're already, listen to what I'm about to say, if you're already living the call the devil has for you, there's no need for a demon to manifest or bring destruction. Let me say that again. Some of you right now are living the call the devil has for you. You're living in his calling. And so he doesn't need to make demons manifest. What happens is, when you're living in the call the devil has for you, the demons will lay low, low they'll go dormant, and they'll hide, and then they'll wait until you try to follow God. They'll wait until someone invites you to church. They'll wait, they'll wait until somebody, you know, gets, gets you, preaches to you or shares a video with you. And then they're going to surface and then they're going to pop up and try to get you to not seek God, to not follow God. And they'll get desperate and they will surface. But you got to realize demons don't want to surface. They don't want you to know that they're there. So when I'm preaching and you manifest a demon, they're not happy about manifesting. They don't manifest because they want to. They're manifesting because the presence of God is too strong or they're being called out. So demons, they want to hide and oftentimes they will hide. People say, well, how did I have a demon for 20 years? Well, why did the demon manifest as you are already living out the calling the devil had for you? So the devil's calling, understand it's not always so like crazy or like, I'm going to get you to be a drug addict or an alcoholic, but I want you to realize the devil did have a specific plan for Isaiah Saldivar and it's not always super crazy. It could be simple as, listen to me closely, living a normal average life and never fulfilling the specific plan God has on your life. So if you're spending seven hours a day on TikTok, Instagram, and Netflix, 
never doing what God's called you to do, you're fulfilling the call the enemy has on your life and you're not doing anything for God. And so the devil is not going to keep, you know, bringing drugs your way, bringing alcohol your way because you're already fulfilling his assignment. His assignment is to steal the God-given destiny. He wants you to doubt God. That's one of his main plans for you. If you doubt God, you'll never fulfill the assignment God has in your life. He wants you to live insecure constantly feeling like you're not enough for God to use you. Now, let me just say this. If you're listening right now, praise the Lord, we broke 3,000 and you're insecure. That's not God's plan for your life. And I command insecurity to come off of you in Jesus name. If you're listening to this and saying, I'm not good enough for God to use me. You're letting the devil lie to you. Ephesians 2:10. for we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we're created in Christ for good works. That's what you were created for. You were not created just to live your life on Sunday morning and just go through life. You were created for good works, which God has already prepared that we should walk in them. But guess what, friend? Even though God has prepared the works, we still have to walk in them. So God has prepared deliverance. God has prepared you to lay hands on the sick. God has prepared you to minister to your children. God has prepared you to make disciples. You all have a specific calling that God has handcrafted and prepared but you need to walk in that the devil also wants you to live in constant fear psalms 34 4 says i sought the lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears if you're if you're dealing with fear for your calling write psalms 34 verse 4 down that's going to help you because god wants to deliver you satan wants you to quit and this is the number one strategy of the devil that many of you are going through and we're going to pray at the end of this as we always do and break this off of you is making you give up he wants you to throw in the towel. This is the easiest thing he can get you to do. And that's why he discourages you. That's why he lies to you. That's why he brings destruction around you. But I want to tell you, quitting is too easy. Quitting is too easy. Going back to your old life is so easy. You've come so far. Why would you go back now when God has anointed you and God has called you and God has put a mandate on you to go forth in destiny? You've come too far. So you have to understand God has a general calling. Satan also has a general calling and a specific calling, but now I want to talk about God's specific calling on your life. So what is a calling? Let's look at 1 Peter 1.10. It says, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. So understand, let me say this. God is not trying to hide our calling. Write that down because you think that he's not. He's not trying to hide our calling. We have this idea that God wants to hide our individual calling from us. And now we're talking about individual callings. He's not hiding it. Rather, God wraps it up so that we would seek it to, for it to be unveiled. It's the same reason. Now you might say, well, why is God's, my, why does it feel like it's so hard to find my calling? It's the same reason why you wrap Christmas presents up for your kids. It's so that you can see the joy on your kid's face when they unwrap the gift. So we unwrap our calling by seeking God. So God is not hiding it from us. He's wrapped it up. And by seeking God, God unra unravels and unveils our calling step by step so that we can walk in it. Now, this verse makes something very clear. We need to be diligent, diligent to make our calling sure. He's saying there, need, there needs to be, listen to me right now, there needs to be an urgency about you. There needs to be an urgency saying, I want to make my calling sure. I want to know, and I believe every one of you do or you wouldn't be here. I want to make sure that I'm walking in my calling and I'm walking in my God-ordained steps. The word called is the word used in many translations of the Bible. There's two other words that express the same meaning. So the other two words that are synonymous 
which means they mean the same thing as call, is invitation or to be summoned. And we're going to see that throughout scripture. So you got to understand God is inviting us. When God calls you, God is inviting you into a lifestyle. He's summoning you to do something. The point in your life where, where God calls you is the most single most important moment of your life. The moment God called you. For me, it was January 12, 2011. God came to me, audible voice. I was an atheist five minutes before this. I said, God, I don't believe in you. I was cussing. I said, if you're real, I'll lay everything down. The audible voice of God came to me, said, Isaiah, I don't want 99.9% of you. I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. I want to use your life for my honor, for my glory, for my kingdom. I'm going to use you to preach to nations. And God showed me what I'm doing right now 10 years ago, okay? God gave me my calling. My calling, I thought, was to be a law enforcement officer. That was my dream since I was a child. I went to college for it. My whole life, all I cared about was being a police. I had no other desire, no other dream besides being a police officer. The night I got saved, I realized that my calling, I thought, was to be a police officer. That was not my calling. That was the enemy's plan for me. My actual calling was to be a preacher, to be law enforcement for God's kingdom, to be kingdom enforcement. That was the night I got my calling. Now, not everybody's going to get their calling like that. There's other ways I'll show you that God reveals calling, but you have to understand that this is one of the most important moments. Everyone's typing when they got their calling. Someone said summer of 2019, the single most September 7, 2016, Heather said the single most important of your life and your whole destiny, write this down and eternity will be determined by how you respond to the call. When God calls you, there's a couple things you can do. You can ignore the call. You can put the call on hold or you can accept the call. Now, how many of you know if you put the call on hold, there's no telling whether the person's going to hang up that's on the other line. I believe some of you tonight are going to be called during this broadcast. I believe as we pray at the end, many of you are going to be called. And I believe some of you are already being called. As I'm preaching this, God is calling you. But I want to say something that might be controversial. If you don't agree with me, it's okay. It's not a salvation issue. But I want to say this. If God calls you, answer the call immediately. Because if God calls, you might not be guaranteed that that calling will be available in the future. So you need to act on it immediately. I've had several moments when God called me. Um, he called me January 12, 2011. God called me at the end of 2019 to do online ministry, live streaming. I didn't really want to do it, but we launched in January 2020 before COVID. And I said yes to that call. God also called me again in August of 2020 and said, I want you to teach on spiritual warfare. If you say yes, I'll give you this calling. If you say no... I'll find someone else. So if I waited a month saying, okay, Lord, I'll get back to you on spiritual warfare if, I, if you want me to teach on that, I guarantee God would have used somebody else, somebody else's platform would have blown up, somebody else would have preached and got all the revelation I got about deliverance. But God called me and I answered the call and I started preaching on spiritual warfare. I, I wasn't really wanting to, but God called me and I did it as long as God called me. And tomorrow we're gonna talk about deliverance again. So we're continuing in that call. So there is that one-time life calling, and there's also callings where God's going to call you. But I want you to write this down. Don't expect God to call twice. Don't expect God to keep calling. You may have a second chance to accept the calling, but don't count on it. This is, I'm speaking of a specific calling. If God calls you, answer the call. Now, Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. 
Notice the word called. God does not work everything together for the good of everybody, but he works everything for the good together for everyone who's responded to his call. So when do you respond? Or when you respond, you get you become like, and I hate saying it this way, but it's how the Bible describes it, the special class of people where God just works everything out for you. You ever see people like that? It's like, man, it just seems like God is always working things out for them. Do they struggle? Yes. Do they have storms? Yes. But God is always working things out, and that's because they've responded to the call. So Romans 8.28 tells us if you respond to the call, God just starts working all things out together for the good. Jesus said, many are called, few are chosen. And that translates to everyone is called, but few actually answer the call. If you answer God's call on your life, you'll no longer live or feel like an accident. You'll no longer feel, and I remember feeling like this, like I'm just a speck in a world of 7 billion people. But when you accept the call, you're going to feel the divine purpose of God, the divine destiny of God, and you'll feel divine fulfillment. There is fulfillment that you get in the call that you can't find anywhere else. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna give you, cause you're like, well, how do I find my calling? Seven steps to finding your calling. Seven steps I'm gonna give you. Now here's the thing. I'm not giving you some magic formula. I'm not giving you some be all end all. I'm giving you what does the word of God speak of and how could we find our individual place in God, our individual calling? Because you need to know when you talk about calling, God calling us individually for something that we need to do on the earth is you need to find your place. And when I say find your place, where do I fit in the grand scheme of God's plan? Where does Isaiah fit in God's global scheme of things? So if you're a stay-at-home mom, where do you fit in God's plan for your family, for your marriage, and God's plan for the earth. For many of you, that means discipling your children. That means raising up your children. That means making your children into disciples. If you're a police officer, you need to ask yourself, what is my place in the kingdom of God? So you need to find your place. Proverbs 27, um, chapter 27, verse 8 says, like a bird that wanders from its nest is a man who wanders from his place. So we need to find our place in God. God has, write this down, a certain place designed for you, a place that he wants you to live, a place he wants you to be employed, a family that he wants you to be in, and a specific place for you in the body of Christ. So don't think your employment is random. Don't think your family is random. Don't think the place that you live is random. God has a place for you and everybody has an individual place. We are all members of the body of Christ and we all have a place in the body of Christ. Now you might say there's no place for me. I'm here to tell you that there is a place for you according to the word of God in the body of Christ. There's not one person, there's 3,100, of you there's not one person that's watching this now or is going to watch it that doesn't have a place so you need to know and i'm just going to break the lie of the devil off of you that there is a place for you now you might have gone from church to church i'm not talking about a place in a certain church i'm not talking about a place in a certain town i'm talking about a place in god a place in the spirit that god has designed for you in the body of christ so finding your calling is about getting in the right place so that God can call you. Now, the reason why in January 12, 2011, God gave me that call is because I put myself in the right place. Now, I was at a church, I got invited, again, I came as an atheist, but I put myself in the right place by doing this, by saying, God, if you're real and you'll reveal yourself to me, I'll lay everything down and give you everything. That prayer, listen to what I'm about to say, because this is gonna help you find your calling. That specific heart posture and prayer put me in the place 
for God to be able to call me because God's wanting to call some of you and you're out in the middle of nowhere with no reception. You're out in the middle of nowhere, partying, drinking, living in debauchery with no interest in God. And you're going, all right, God, go ahead and call me. And God says, there's no reception there. You need to put yourself in a place where God can call you, where God can mandate you. So we're going to talk about that, putting yourself in the place, seven steps to finding your calling, putting yourself in the place. Number one, present your body to God, write that down. I'll go over and over you after. Number one is presenting your body to God. Romans 12, eight says, therefore, I urge you brothers and sisters by the mercies of God to present your bodies. And the Amplified says, dedicate all of yourselves or set yourself apart as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your logical, rational act of worship. So here's what the Bible says in Romans. We need to do if we want to get called and put ourselves in position. We need to present our bodies, our actual bodies, our hands, our feet, our mouth, our ears, our body parts to God. So the first 11 chapters of Romans, it's speaking of the grace and the mercy of God. And in chapter 12, listen to this. Paul says, here's how we respond to the mercy of God and the grace of God. Here's how we respond. Are you ready? 11 chapters of the grace of God, freely given, power and the grace of God. The way we respond is by giving God our actual bodies, by offering ourselves to God. Now listen, some of you are like, this is life-changing because you've never given your body to God. But you're going to give your body to God tonight because that's how we do it, okay? So we give our bodies to God. This is the first step in finding your calling. We say, God, I am yours, every part of my body. Now, this is interesting because as I'm learning about this, studying, praying, I do hours and hours of studying the Word of God. I realized I actually did this at the altar. When I was at the altar, January 12th, going back to my testimony, 2011, I literally told God, the audible voice of God is speaking to me. I said, God, I don't have anything for you. And some of you have heard this in my testimony. I said, God, I don't have anything for you. I don't know any pastors. I don't have a website. You're asking me to preach to all these nations, but I have nothing to offer you. Like, what do you have to offer God? 3,200 of you. What do you have to offer God? nothing like what could we give god and here's what god said and i didn't know this was in scripture but here's what god said that night at the altar god said i'll take your hands i'll take your ears i'll take your feet i'll take your mouth god was asking isaiah saliver for his body he literally asked for my body paul says this giving your body to god is your reasonable service this is your true worship now friend true worship is not three fast songs and two slow songs although i love worship music and praise music and biblically it's praise true worship is giving your body as a living sacrifice i'm going to show you something powerful here okay remember the disciples came to jesus and asked about taxes and they said jesus should we pay taxes now listen i pay a lot in taxes because i live in california i wish that Jesus said, if you're a believer, you don't have to pay taxes. You can have tax evasion and avoid the IRS. I wish, I'm like, Jesus, please, could you just tell us they didn't have to pay taxes? Jesus responds when the disciples said, should we pay taxes with this? Whose image is on the coin, okay? Now, back in those days, it was the image of Caesar on the coin. So he said, well, if you want to know if you should pay taxes, whose image is on the coin? And they said, well, Caesar's image. And this is what Jesus said. Listen to what I'm about to say. I get chills saying this. Jesus says... Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, okay? Why did the coin belong to Caesar? Because Caesar's image was on the coin. So what was Jesus saying? This was not just about taxes. This was about image. Whose image is on us? You guessed it, God's image. The Bible says God made us in his image and his likeness. So when Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, because Caesar's image is on the coin, what he was actually saying was, my image is on you, so when you receive my call, 
Give me back the body that belongs to me. So I give myself to God because God made me in his image. And he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give to God what belongs to God. So we belong to God. And when we get saved, we're giving ourselves back to him. Now, who did we give ourselves to? We gave ourselves to the enemy. Come on, we slept with darkness. We lived our life indulging in the things of this world and I gave my body to the enemy. I was playing drums in a metal band and I was giving my body parts to the devil. I was playing those drums to the enemy. I was out drinking, partying, giving my body to the enemy. I was out doing stuff with people and there's kids watching, but you guys know what I was doing to, with other people. I was giving my body to that person. I was giving my body to the enemy, to fornication, to adultery and idolatry. Well, not adultery because I wasn't married, but idolatry. I was giving my body away. And so you might say, well, what does it mean to give your body away? You've done it with the enemy for so long. And now God is saying, now that you used to give your body to the enemy, I want you to give me your body. Okay. So Paul says, calls the body a living sacrifice because in his mind, we're talking about old Testament sheeps, goats, and all the stuff that were killed on the altar of God. So Paul says something very interesting. He says this, give your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is an oxymoron, because if you sacrifice something, it dies. Paul says God doesn't want a dead sacrifice. He wants a sacrifice that is living. So what he was saying was you must put your body on the altar, just like the ox, the sheep, or the goat. But here's one difference. No one's going to kill the sacrifice because God wants the body to stay alive because God wants a living body so that he can work through. Okay. And this is what you're going to see in deliverance. Demons want a living body that they can work through. Now, do demons enter dead people? Okay. No, they don't. Why? Because they have no reason to. There's nothing they can do in a dead body. Does God enter dead people? Have you ever wondered why a dead person can't get saved? No, because God can't enter a dead body because there's nothing for him to do in the body. So the devil's looking for a living body and a living sacrifice. And so God is looking for a living body and a living sacrifice. Why does God want something living? Because God wants to speak through it. He wants to heal through it. He wants to live through it and accomplish his purpose through it. Right now, God is preaching through me. God is using my mouth. He's using my hands. He's using my, now some of you are like, you're religious, all right, you, you could just leave now because you're already, oh, what is he talking about? I'm giving you the book of Romans. I'm talking about what Paul talked about. God is using my body right now to preach his word to you. Now, after this broadcast, I'm going to hang out and chat and do my donations. Then I'm probably going to order Wingstop. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to go eat something. I'll go find some food somewhere or whatever my wife made. I don't know. I'm going to go find food and I'm going to sit and eat. And God's not going to be really using my body at that time. But when I'm ministering, when I'm allowing God to use my body, God is flowing through me. God is preaching through me. And so God wants to use your body. Let God use your body. When you don't lay hands on the sick, you're telling God he can't use your hands. When you don't speak the word, you're telling God he can't use your mouth. When you're not doing things for God, you're telling God he's not allowed to use your body. So this is why Paul said, I'm going to give you further proof. To live is Christ and to die is gain. For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Paul also said, it is no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives on the inside of me. So Paul literally said, I'm not alive anymore. Isaiah Saldivar died. Now I remember guys having old friends that were like, Isaiah, you're not cool anymore. You don't like us. You know, I don't want to hang out with you. I don't like you anymore. Because guess what? The Isaiah that they fell in love with, the Isaiah that they liked, he died. And there was a new Isaiah that was Christ living in me. And so now they didn't like the new Isaiah. They didn't like Christ because the world doesn't like Christ. The world hates Christ. Jesus said the world hated me. They're going to hate you. So Paul says, I'm no longer alive. And the reason why some of you have not found your calling is because you're living still. 
You're allowing your personality and influences and your mindset and all that to dictate your calling when God says, I just want your body. So understand that once you place your body on God's altar and you completely surrender, your, bo your body no longer belongs to you. It now belongs to God. So you no longer decide what happens to your body. God does. You no longer get to determine what job you have. God gets to determine. You don't get to choose where you're going to live. God determines where you're going to live. So now here's the best part. You might say, that sounds horrible. When God takes over your body, God takes complete control. It's now his responsibility. Oh, that's good preaching. I love that. Now we all know something when it comes to property, if you own the property, what happens? You're in charge of maintenance. If anything breaks, if you rent a property, guess what happens? You're not in charge of anything. If something breaks, the owner's in charge. So let me show you this. When I rent my house, when I break something, I'm not allowed to fix it, okay? My garage door broke, it wouldn't open. I called my rental agency, they called the landlord. The landlord paid $1,000 or whatever to fix my garage door. I paid nothing because I rent the house. If I own the house, I would be responsible for any damages. I'd be responsible to heal. Are you guys hearing what I'm about to say? I would be responsible to do these different things, but because I don't own the house, I'm not responsible. So here's what happens when God owns us, when we give God our bodies. When we give God our bodies, God is able to be responsible to heal us, to deliver us for all of our maintenance, for all of our needs. But some of you, you're like, why hasn't God healed me or delivered me? Because you're letting God wrench you and not own you. You go from Sunday morning to Sunday morning, but during the week, you don't pray, you don't read, you don't live holy, so you're not fully God's responsibility because you're still divided. You're like, God will give you my Sunday. And you know what? God is so gracious and kind. God will still let you be saved by only giving you, um, giving him, you know, your Sundays. You can still be saved. You can still go to heaven. Paul says there's going to be a lot of people barely saved with no reward. So I'm not preaching salvation. I'm not telling you you're not saved, but I'm telling you, if you don't give God your body and lay it on the altar of living sacrifice, which is true worship, according to Romans 12, then you're not eligible for all of the divine benefits. You're not eligible for everything that God wants to do in you. But now, because I've given my body to God 10 years ago, Whenever something happens, God's got my back. He works all things out together for me because I've now presented my body. So now once I presented my body, that takes me into the second step. Step number two is being renewed in my mind. These are all ways that are going to position myself to fulfill my calling. Being renewed in your mind is number two. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And here's how, by the renewing of your mind, that you, you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Now, how does this apply? We're talking about the will of God. We're talking about finding your individual calling. So step two is once you've given him your body, now God begins to renew your mind. So you got to understand, you can't renew your mind. God renews your mind. God transforms your mind. God's the one that does this by his will. So you can't do this. When God starts renewing, you start thinking differently. You have different motives. You have different standards. You have different priorities. And because you think differently, you start living differently. If you want to live different, you have to start thinking different because so a man thinks, so he is. A thought will become an action. So when I got saved, God renewed my mind. I used to look at women as just a piece of meat. Yes, Isaiah Saldivar. And when God saved me, 
He started to renew my mind the night I gave him my body. He said, okay, now that I have your body, I can start renewing your mind. I can start restoring you. And now you'll no longer look at women that way. I used to look at certain races and certain cultures. I was racist against my own race, okay? That's how twisted I was. But when God changed my mind, I started seeing every race, every culture as equal. I was angry and bitter for no reason. But when God renewed my mind, I'm no longer angry and bitter. So God renews the mind and then the renewed mind creates renewed actions. Now I start living different because you got to remember every action starts in the mind. So God is not transforming us from the outside in. He's transforming us from the inside out. You cannot renew your own mind. Some of you keep trying and you're like, if I read more self-help books, if I read more books on Buddhism, if I read more, you can't renew your own mind. Only God, the renewing of the mind is a work of the Holy Spirit and only God is able to do this. So you need to let God renew your mind after giving him your body but you can't start doing it until you give them your mind to be able to renew. Now, religion says, change the outside. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. If you stop doing on the outside, everything will be fine. Here's the problem. People live in bondage their entire life because they stop doing on the outside, but they still have an overwhelming desire on the inside to do the things they shouldn't do because religion changes the exterior. God changes the interior. That's why Jesus told the Pharisees, you guys wash the outside but you don't wash the inside. And how many know the outside of the cup doesn't matter, it's the inside that needs to be cleaned. He was saying religion cleans the outside, but relationship and the Holy Spirit cleans the inside. That's the renewing of the mind. So if you want God, if you're like Isaiah, I want my calling, I wanna renew my mind so I could think like God, because you'll never find your calling or your purpose if you don't renew your mind, Stop polluting your mind, okay? Stop throwing garbage in your mind. When you're sitting there hours and hours on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and watching, just vegetating on the things of the world, you're polluting your mind. And so God is like, I'm working over here to renew your mind, but you're, as I'm renewing, you're polluting. So you might need to start taking things out. Maybe it's a show you've been watching. And all of a sudden, ever since you start, started watching that show, your mindset's starting to change because you're letting the show renew your mind instead of the word of God. You're letting the show pollute your mind instead of the word of God. Maybe you have people around you that are polluting your mind, that are making you think wrong thoughts. Get all away from those people. Maybe you're around religious people and they say, oh brother, you know, listen, you could go on YouTube right now and watch a video about how deliverance ministry isn't for today, how uh, the gifts aren't for today, how revival's not for today, and now, Last week, you were all fired up doing deliverance and seeing miracles and praying. And now you're like, well, I don't really know about this. Why? Because you let somebody else renew your mind but the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that wants to renew you. So stop hanging around religious people. Stop hanging around yo-yo dead Pharisees on YouTube and Instagram that are preaching good messages, but they're not walking in the power presence of God. They have no fruit and they're not preaching the full gospel, okay? So let the word of God renew you. Number three. Write this down, okay? That was number two. We'll go over these at the end again. Number one was presenting your body. Number two was renewing your mind. Number three is discovering God's will for your life. Now that your mind is renewed, you can start discovering the will of God. If your mind is not renewed, you cannot discover the will of God for your life. You cannot discover God's will in totality until you've presented your body and let God renew your mind. Romans 8, 5. Let me show you this. For those who live according to the flesh, set their mind, there we go again, on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit for for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace now listen to this because the carnal mind is enmity against god is at war against god for it is not subject to the law of god nor indeed can be 
So you have to understand the carnal mind. And this is the fallen nature, the fallen mindset. It's our unregenerated thinking. It's how you thought before you were saved. That's the carnal mind. It's you thinking about yourself more than anybody else. That's the, that's the unrepented, the carnal mind. The carnal way of thinking is at war against God. So look at your carnal mindset and understand that wars against God. The carnal mind wars against God. And if your mind, are you guys ready for what I'm about to say? If your mind is at war against God, God is not going to reveal his secrets to his enemies. If your mind is at war because you're fleshly, God says, I can't reveal my will for you because I can't reveal my will to my enemies and your mind is my enemy. So you need to understand that God's not going to reveal his plan to, to the carnal mind, but only to the renewed mind. And that only comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Romans 12, 2, when speaking of renewing the mind, listen to what the end of the verse says. When it talks about renewing the mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when it talks about the renewing of your mind, your mind is renewed, understand this, renewed, so that you can see, prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So the renewed mind can now start processing the will of God. If the mind's not renewed, if the body's not belonging to God, then you will not be able to process God's will for your life. Now Romans 12 2 shows us three phases that the will of God comes in. The first phase is the good, the second phase is the acceptable, and the third phase is the perfect will of God. So the further you go in unfolding God's will for your life, the better it gets. And this is what I feel, guys. I'm telling you, every year gets better in God. Every year you're in the call and the will of God, it just gets better and better because it goes from being good to being acceptable to being perfect. So the first thing you need to know is that the will of God is good. God does not will anything bad for you. So if something bad is happening to you, and I'm not talking about persecution or trials of life, if something bad happens and you think, oh, God did this to me, God did not make you sick. God did not kill that person in your life. Anything bad, God does not have because God's will is good, Paul says in Romans 12 too. The devil is going to try to tell you, let me just warn you here, and let me just type one if I could just have like 10 more minutes. He's going to try to tell you, if you surrender your life to God, if you accept the call, you're going to lose so much. Terrible things are going to happen. Your life's going to be boring. No one's going to like you anymore. You're never going to enjoy your life. You can't have fun and go out and drink and party like you used to. And everything's just going to be lame. But friend, I want to tell you that as a lie from the devil, the will of God is good. Number one, it is good. And I decided to follow Jesus 10 years ago, and it was the best decision I ever made. And I've never been happier. The devil is a liar. God is not boring. There are boring Christians but I refuse to be one of those people that live bored in church. I refuse to be a boring Christian. So don't believe the lies of the enemy. Not only is the will of God good, but Paul says the will of God is acceptable. So you don't say, God, um, if you let me do this, I'll accept your will for my life. That's not how you accept God's call. You say, God, I'm going to accept it. And then I'm, he's going to let you live the abundant life because the will of God is acceptable. So accept it. And then he says, the will of God is perfect. Every detail Every situation, every circumstance, when you're walking in God's will is perfect. It might not seem perfect to you, but you have to remember this about the call of God. God declares the end from the beginning. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to look back on your life and say, wow, everything happened in such a perfect way. Have you ever been through a trial or a storm and then you got out of the storm, out of the trial and you looked back and you said, man, I see God's hand all over that. I see God's power all over that. And it was just perfect the way God orchestrated it with the house, with the car, like when the house fell through and then all of a sudden in a year you lost your job and you're like, thank God I didn't have that big mortgage I can't afford. And that was so perfect the way God ordained this and moved this and did this. That's because the will of God is perfect. Okay. So that's when you comes to find the will of God. These are attributes. Also, write this down. 
God will also use other people to help you find your individual calling. Okay, 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So if you're in your calling, people will be helped that are around you and they're going to let you know, thank you so much for helping me. Man, that song changed my life. Man, that live stream changed my life. Man, that, that thing you did for me changed my life. Man, thank you so much for pouring into my kids. It changed their life. This is all validating that you're in your calling. If you're not in your calling, people might tell you, hey, I don't really know. Maybe you should try something different. Maybe you should do something else. You know, it's not really working. You're not that good of a therapist or you're not that good of a counselor or hey, like uh, you, maybe maybe the worship team is not for you because every time you get up there and sing, it's like you don't hit the right notes and you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Come on. And maybe it's just not for you because some of you just think you're called to do everything, but you have to understand people will also validate the calling. Pastors will also validate the calling. They'll see you do something. They'll say, man, I really feel that's God. Every time you do it, it's amazing. So if you're not getting this response back, if people aren't coming to you saying, man, thank you for helping me. There's no fruit. Then you might be outside of your calling and you might need to do something else. If there's no passion, you might be outside of your calling. Okay. God will also sometimes speak a direct word. He'll speak through dreams or visions or desires. So if you have a super strong desire, all of a sudden that could be God revealing a new calling or a new assignment or if you're losing passion, okay, for something, that could be also God pulling you out of a calling into a new calling. So for me, I was like, Lord, I don't want to travel every weekend. I, I genuinely prayed that to God. I said, God, I don't want to travel every weekend. I want to be with my family. My happy place is to be here with my wife and kids. Is there any way I could just not? And a year went by. I said, Lord, I really don't want to travel as much. I really want to make, could you please make a way where I could preach? Because I want to reach the people. I know you've called me to train the church and travel, but can you make a way where I could reach more people and not travel? How is that possible? And then the Lord starts changing my desires. Now I'm losing the desire to travel. I'm dreading going to different churches. I'm like, man, I got to pack again. And I'm just dreading it. And I, why was I dreading it? Because God was removing those desires, moving me into new desires. Now I have a desire to live stream. I didn't want to live stream, but but now it's a desire that I have. Now I'm watching hours and hours algorithm videos. What? I don't care about no algorithms because God was shifting my desires. So if you're seeing your desires shifted out of one passion into a new passion, that could also be God revealing a new calling or a new season on you. Another way, writing this down is God will confirm callings using peace, okay? He will use peace to confirm a calling. If you feel at peace, that's a good sign that you're in your calling. Like right now I'm at peace. Um, when we transitioned, I was not at peace. I was like, we were having service. It didn't matter how successful, didn't matter how many people got healed, delivered or saved. I just didn't feel at peace with what I was doing because God was shifting and moving my calling. So look for the peace. Okay. All right. Number four, we're almost done. We're almost done. I'm going to go the last ones quick. Cause I know we're over an hour and 15 minutes here. Number four to position yourself to fulfill or to hear the call of God is you need to humble yourself. Write this down. You will not receive your calling. If you're prideful. You won't. I promise you, God does not call the proud. Romans 12, 3. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, don't think yourself more highly than you are, but think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So here's what Paul is saying in Romans 12. You have a natural tendency to think you're better than you really are, but you need to humble yourself and be realistic about yourself. Don't think you're better than you really are, okay? Don't think you're more holy than you really are. Don't think you sing better than you really do, okay? Don't walk into that job and think you're going to be the boss the first day. You need to humble yourself. Jesus didn't say feel humble. He said be humble. Now, there's some of you in the chat that you feel like you're humble, but you're not humble, and you need to be humble, not feel humble. Humility is absolutely a decision that you make.
make to not think of yourself as less than, but to think of yourself less. That's a famous quote. I don't know who, who said it, but they said true humility is not to think of yourself um, as less than, but to think of yourself less. Because some of you, 90% of your life is planning on how to make your life better and not those around you. You're not humble. Okay. If your whole life is revolved around thinking about me, my own desires, my own way, you're not humble. You need to humble yourself. Jesus said this in one of his parables. I'll go through it quick. If you're seated at a banquet, he goes, go sit at the least table in case someone more important than you shows up and they have to move you, you're going to be embarrassed. So by sitting at the lowest seat, the lowest place, the only way to go is up. Okay, so Jesus tells us that's how you humble yourself. It's all about how low can you go. Luke 14, 11. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So God says, if you humble yourself, I'm going to exalt you. But if you try to promote yourself, come on, I've never once asked to preach ever in 10 years and I never will. If you try to promote yourself, if you try to make yourself some name or you try to make yourself famous, he says, I'm going to humble you. But if you humble yourself, take the low route, wash people's feet. He goes, then I'm going to exalt you in due time. So this is all about humility. It's all about how low can you go? If you can't sing, just be humble. Okay, don't act like you can sing if you can't sing. We all know those people's like, they think they're the best singers in the world and they just can't sing. You just need to humble yourself. If you just started a ministry, listen to me guys, right now I'm, I'm stepping on some toes here. If you just started a ministry, why are you calling yourself a prophet or an apostle? Be humble, start at the bottom and let other people validate you. I don't need to get on here and say, oh, I'm anointed, invite me to your church. I let other pastors say that for me. The Bible says, let other people boast in you. You don't need to boast in yourself. So you need to take the humble route. You can never go too low. You need to start at the bottom. I started in a living room, guys. I started preaching in a living room. So you can't go any lower. Like how low can you go by preaching in a living room? I wasn't at a mega church, I was in a living room. Now within one year, I was preaching on God TV with Reinhard Bonnke, why? Because I stayed low. I was putting on my apron, working at Starbucks, preaching my heart out to three people behind a, a coffee machine whenever I was nothing. I had nothing, no numbers, and God promoted me. God exalted me because I kept humbling myself. So you need to learn how to be humble. Don't walk into new church thinking that you're the best thing, you're the hardest thing that's ever happened, and that you're you know going to be on stage, and you're going to be this. No, you walk in humbly. You sit wherever you feel like sit. You don't need anyone to acknowledge you. Pastor, I don't need anyone to acknowledge me. I just want to come humbly. I want to wash feet. I want to serve. I don't need any special treatment. I'm going to come in humbly. I go to the church and I sit and talk to people for hours and pastors say, why don't you want to go to the green room? And you know, you don't have to sit there worship. You can go in the green room. And I tell them all the time, I didn't come to get served. I came to serve. The son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. So be humble. Okay. Number five, I'll give you all these at the end. We're almost done. I'm going way longer than I expected. Number five is recognize your measure of faith. Okay. Recognize your measure of faith. The end of Romans 12, three says this, think soberly as God dealt to each one, a measure of faith. So Paul says, don't think you're better than you are. Think soberly because God has dealt each of you a measure of faith. This is the fifth thing you need to understand that God has given everyone a specific measure of faith. Stop acting like you have more faith than you do, but re be realistic about your measure of faith. If God has not given you a measure of faith for the calling, don't try to walk in that because God will give you a measure of faith according to your calling. Hebrews 11, one says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So faith is a substance. It's, it's either you have it or you don't. It's not like, oh, I might have faith. Faith is a substance. You have faith or you don't have faith. So I want you to think about that. If you don't have faith, ask God to give you faith. 
Ask God, say, Lord, help my unbelief. I need faith. Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. So it's not about quantity. It's about quality of your faith. Do you have the faith and the measure of faith that God has given you? Now, let me just say this. Some callings, writing this down, take more faith than others. Some of you, you're like, I want your calling, Isaiah. I want to do what you do. But do you have the faith for my calling? Because my calling takes a certain level of faith. It takes a certain level of faith to go and preach in front of a bunch of people or to do live stream or to do everything I'm doing, to spend hours in what I'm doing. It takes a level of faith. I was one time at lunch, and this is not a weird flex. I just changed my life. I was at lunch before with Reinhard Bonnke before he passed away. And he was at lunch with me in San Francisco sharing some incredible stories. And when I say incredible stories, I mean like presidents calling him, revivals happening, millions showing up, millions getting saved, um, him arriving at Africa with no money and looking at a stadium saying next year we're going to fill that stadium and the next year he filled the stadium. Like that level of faith. And, and as I was hearing his stories, I realized one thing. I don't have or even have close to the measure of faith Reinhard Bonnke has. Like literally... His faith is a hundred times what Isaiah Salivar's faith is. And then I realized the reason why God was using him, why he saw over 70 million saved is because of the measure and the level of faith that he have. So if you're trying to get to that high calling or do something major for God, consider the measure of faith that you have. You may need to ask God to increase your faith. Now, God will not call you to do something you don't have the faith for. So maybe, now you might be in here saying, well, Isaiah, why is my calling feel so small? Well, maybe it's because the measure of faith you have is so small. And so the call, the higher level callings take a higher measure of faith. Paul said it's to each one according to the measure of faith. Now I have faith this soon. We're going to hit 10,000 live viewers, 20,000 live. I've already seen it in my mind. I said, okay, Lord, I've already seen 30,000 people live. I've already seen a million subscribers. All right. I already got the golden play button. I just barely got a silver one last week. And I'm already like, all right, we're going to hit the 1 million. God has given me a measure of faith for social media. I don't have a measure of faith for other things, for high schools or for starting a marriage ministry. I don't have the measure of faith because God gives you the measure of faith according to your calling. So faith does not cause me to be lazy. It causes me to work harder because God has given me a measure. And so I need to take it. I know everyone's like, my feelings are hurt. Ask the Lord for more faith, but don't think you're better. And because you got to realize everyone has a measure of faith. Okay. We're almost done. We're an hour and 22 minutes in. Number six, we're almost done. Two more. We're going to go by these fast. Number six to finding your calling is finding your passions. All right. This is going to help you more than anything. Your calling is often, often lies where your passions lie. Ask this. This is something you can do right now. What are you passionate about? Are you passionate about blogging? Are you passionate about vlogging? Are you passionate about pastoring? Are you passionate about nursing or engineering or running businesses? Are you passionate about asset management, social media? Like, what are you passionate about? Because wherever your passions are, wherever your love is, whatever gets you out of bed. Well, how do I know my passion? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What do you burn for? What gives you satisfaction? Everyone's saying, don't rush, thank you. That is where usually your calling will be. Because remember, you've given your body to God. We're going in order, guys. You've given your body to God as a living sacrifice. You've let God renew your mind. You've understood the perfect will of God. You're, you're going through these. Now, you're already serving God. Now, you're finding, someone said street ministry. Then that's probably your calling. So, it's best to find your calling in your passions. God can use your passions to find your calling. So, that's something that God will often do. Remember, when you've already surrendered your body and desires, your passions are going to sync up with God. Um, this is a great way to find your calling. 
Look for your passions, and there you're going to find your calling. Now, I had a friend that was very big in um, high school ministry. He was preaching high schools, and he's like, hey, I want you to help me with this ministry. I told him, honestly, bro, I have zero desire to preach in high schools. Like, I have no passion. Will God use me? I mean, probably God will use me. You know, I'm young, and I, I'm relevant. and I just don't have a passion for it. And he said, well, what, what do you burn for? What are you passionate about? I said, I'm passionate about this. If there's anything that you guys want to know Isaiah Saldivar lives for that gets me out of bed in the morning is when somebody writes in, or at the end of a service, somebody walks up and says, Isaiah, I was in church for 30 years. I never cast out a demon. I never healed the sick. I never received the Holy Spirit. I never knew there was more to God than Sunday morning. And now I'm on fire for God. I'm serving God. I'm seeing people get healed. I'm walking in the spirit. I have a relationship with Jesus. And I realized I was lukewarm for 30 years. That is what fires me up. That is, I am so beyond passionate about seeing dead lukewarm believers rise up in their calling rise up in their identity rise up in the fire of god and start doing what god has designed them to do i am passionate about letting people know as you can tell that there's something more than just sunday morning experience but god wants to use you outside the church and god wants to use you for his glory that's my passion you might not have that passion ryan said lukewarm 30 years here exactly you might have a different passion maybe for street ministry, maybe for homeless ministry, maybe for helping people, maybe going in, you know, helping people, taking them in, bringing them in, discipling them. Maybe you're passionate about baptizing. Paul wasn't even baptized, baptizing people because Paul said, I wasn't sent to baptize. So you got to look at where your passions are. And that's often going to be where your callings are and where your assignment are. Okay. Last thing is understanding your giftings, okay? The Bible says, for as many members are in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. For as many as one Christ, individually members of one another. All the different members, okay? It's a complicated way of saying all the different members of one body have different functions. Say, being many, we are one body in Christ. So there might be this gift or this gift. We all have the same function to advance God's kingdom, but we're all different body parts, okay? And the Bible says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us let us use them so we need to use the gifts that god has given us so how do i know the gifts that i have are you guys ready for this this is going to change your life all right this is complicated this is deep i'm going to give it to you here we go how do i know the gifts i have for my calling very simple what gifts do you need and what role do you play in the body of christ what is your calling whatever your calling is your gifts are going to go hand in hand. Someone said Christian hip hop. If Christian hip hop is your calling, then God is going to give you gifts hand in hand, playing worship for the playing drums for the worship team, Mitchell said. Then your gifts are going to go hand in hand with your calling. Because remember, the gifts are tools, they are not toys. And so God is going to give you gifts according to what your calling is. Everyone's trying to find their gift. Why don't I know my gift? Because your gifts are according to calling. And if you don't know your calling, you don't know your gift. So you don't start by looking for your giftings. You start by finding your calling. And then your giftings come to help you build your calling, to help you build your ministry, to help you build your business and whatever you need to use. If you're building a fence, you need different tools than if you're building a boat. So whatever ministry you're in, you need different tools. If you're in deliverance ministry, you might need different gifts than in pastoral ministry. If you're working at a hospital, you're gonna need different gifts than somebody working at a bank. The gifts of the spirit according to the call of God in your life are, are and your role in, the, in God's body. So these are all according. The gifts of the spirit, they're according to your calling. So don't think like, I don't know what my thing is, or I don't know what my gifting is. If you find your calling, you'll find your gift. So listen, I've given you guys an hour and 15 minutes, seven practical steps. Let me go through these and then I'm gonna pray for you guys. We're gonna activate callings. We're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to release callings and to speak to you so that you can find your calling in God. Now we all have the general calling. Now Isaiah, what should I do until I find my calling? 
What should you do? You should do your general calling. Until you find your specific calling, you should do your the general calling, which is what I started with, preaching the gospel, healing the sick, raising the dead. That's everybody's calling. And you should also start taking these steps, presenting your body to God. That's what we're going to do tonight. Tonight, we're going to lay our bodies on the altar of living sacrifice. If you're like, where is that in Scripture? I already gave it to you in Scripture. It's in Romans 12, okay? If you're a Pharisee, you can go read it. We're going to lay our bodies on the altar of living sacrifice, which is true worship is our service to god is by giving god our bodies is sacrificing living sacrifices okay so number one was presenting your body to god number two was being renewed in your mind number three was discovering god's will for your life number four was humbling yourself number five was recognize your measure of faith number six was find your passion and number seven was understand your giftings okay and you can go back and watch those and replay them and all that type of stuff and if i remember i'll put them in the description i don't want to make any promises here but now we're going to pray and we're going to ask the lord to speak to us okay so here's what i want you to do are you guys ready because here's the thing guys this all goes back to a measure of faith i'm believing right now that god is going to begin to speak to your heart and speak to you what your calling is don't click off because this is the most important part i'm believing as i pray that god is literally going to speak to you what your calling is so you might hear a voice you might hear a new thing god wants you to do uh, you might hear a new calling that comes right now but if now listen if you're there you're like i don't believe god's gonna speak then he's not gonna speak okay if you don't believe it, it's not gonna happen but i want you to have the faith to say lord i know you want to speak to me my calling i know you want to show me my calling and so right now god is moving people into new callings I'm in a calling right now of social media. I'm in, I'm traveling and preaching. I'm in a, a social media calling. And that's, that's literally what I eat, breathe, and sleep is how could I do this for the honor and the glory of God? Because ultimately this, this social media is to bring glory to God. That's the purpose of God promoting us and doing social media is to bring him glory. So right now that's the calling I'm in. Next year, what if God says, Isaiah, go start a church here or Isaiah, go move here or Isaiah, go do this. You know, we had an orphanage for two years and then we turned it over to a family member. Why? Because for those two years, that was my calling was to help run that orphanage was to raise support. And we've done different things. And throughout my 10 years, I've had various different callings right now. My calling is to build the social media community, to build this end time army of spiritual warriors in these last days. That is my calling. The last three weeks, my calling was to preach on the end times. Are you guys seeing this? So God can move your callings. I think many of you tonight are going to hear special callings. So here we go. We're going to pray. What should I do while we pray, Isaiah? All I want you to do, put your hands out like you're receiving a gift. If you can, you don't have to. And I want you just to keep your mind still and just open yourself up to hearing the voice of God, okay? Yeah, Alexandra said, I believe he wants to speak to us. Absolutely, Alexandra. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you and then... We'll wait a little while, and if he speaks to you, I would like you to type in the chat, what did he speak to you? In fact, I'll put the chat on screen here so that you guys can see what's on the screen here. So let's pray. I'm going to ask the Lord. We're going to do this by faith, and we're going to believe that the Lord is going to reveal callings to us tonight. So Father, right now, Lord, I come before you humbly in the name of Jesus, and Lord, I ask you that you would reveal callings right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that you're not trying to hide our calling from us, but Father, I pray over every single person listening to this video live or watching on the replay, I pray that you would reveal their calling right now. Lord, we right now, start off by this, we lay our bodies on the altar of living sacrifice. Lord, you said that you want our bodies, that you're looking for our bodies. You need living bodies to work through. So Father, right now, Isaiah Saldivar, I'm, I'm praying this, guys, you can pray with me. I give my body to you. I lay myself down on the altar of living sacrifice and I present my body to you as a living sacrifice, as acceptable worship. And Father, once again, I say you can have my hands, you can have my feet, you can have my mouth, 
You can have my ears. You can have every body part for your honor and your glory. Lord, use me as a vessel for your kingdom. Use me as a vessel for your glory. Father, I'm asking you in the mighty name of Jesus that you would use me for your glory, use me for your honor, and use me for your kingdom. So I lay myself, and Father, I ask you next, Lord, that you would begin to renew my mind and the mind of every listener right now. I pray, Lord, that you'd begin to renew our mind in Jesus' name. I pray the renewing of your mind. I pray the power of the Holy Spirit right now. As you lay your body in the altar of living sacrifice, I pray that it would be consumed by the fire of God. Lord, I pray you would consume our bodies, our living bodies, God. As you did in the book of Acts, tongues as a fire rested upon them. They became the sacrifice. The upper room became the altar. I pray, Lord, that you would pour out your fire on us and that you'd begin to renew our mind. And Lord, I pray that we'd begin to find the perfect will of God, the perfect the acceptable will of God. It's a good, it's a good call, guys. I'm telling you right now. So Lord, right now, with every eye closed, just right now, let the Lord speak to you. Father, I pray you would speak your will. I pray you would speak your will, Lord. If it's doctors, nurses, police officers, politicians, business owners, you know, managers, engineers, TikTokers, YouTubers, Facebook, God, whatever it is right now, speak to them. Now, some of you are going to hear somebody that God wants you to minister to. God's going to call you to minister to somebody at work or school. You're going to literally hear their name. You're going to hear God speak right now. So Father, right now, speak their callings right now in Jesus. And I pray over Ryan, um, direction over him. Lord, I pray for Amy, a new thing she says she's doing. Lord, right now, speak, speak, Father. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak your destiny and that you'd speak your will over every person listening in Jesus' name, God. In Jesus' name, I pray, Holy Spirit. Someone said a medical music missionary. Father, right now, reveal callings right now. In Jesus' name, God, reveal callings. Open up our ears, God, the same way you called me January 12, 2011. I pray, Lord, that you would release callings in the mighty name of Jesus and that, God, you would do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, open up our ears and speak right now. Father, I pray right now, I pray that you would speak. You pray you would speak in Jesus' name. Reveal callings right now over David, Elijah, over Annette, Jacob, Janet. I pray right now, Antoinette, reveal callings. Elijah, jo um, Josepha, I pray right now, Dakota, reveal callings right now in Jesus' name. Lord, maybe it's be an actor. Maybe it's music ministry. Maybe it's, you know, whatever industry you're calling them to. I pray you would reveal it right now in Jesus' name. Healing ministry for Esmeralda, social media. Come on, people are hearing stuff right now. For the church, maybe God's called you to be in the local church. Maybe God's called you to be a pastor, a prophet, an evangelist, a teacher. Maybe God's called you to serve. Maybe God's called you to serve your pastor or serve a leader. I pray right now, God, reveal callings in the mighty name of Jesus. Right now, over Davian, JC, over Haiti, over Jake, Siobhan, right now, Shanna, over Derek, Edgar. Thank you, Lord. People are writing out tons of callings coming in. Come on, speak, God. Even some of you that you just feel dry, I want to pray for you. You feel dry, you feel like you're like in just a dry season. I pray, Lord, that you would reveal a new calling. Feel a new calling over them, I pray in Jesus' name, God. Right now, right now, I pray a new calling over them. Maybe you've just been in that old calling and it's time for a new calling. Now, Father, I pray that you'd release a new calling in Jesus' name. Release a new calling right now. If you're dry and stale, God is releasing new callings, new opportunities, whether it's deliverance, whether it's healing, maybe it's at your job. Maybe you just haven't shared your faith in so long. And God right now is just calling you to share your faith. He's telling you, hey, you need to start opening up to be sharing your faith with people. Maybe you're a stay-at-home dad. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. And God is releasing a new calling over you right now, something that he wants you to do. I pray, Holy Spirit, this calling in Jesus' name. I pray, fire of God. I pray right now, Lord, that you would break dryness. I pray that you'd bring rest. I break discouragement right now. If you've been discouraged in your calling, I break discouragement in Jesus' name. Discouragement, you have no power. You must come off of them right now. 
Discouragement, you have no power. The Lord rebukes you. I pray, Lord, remove discouragement, remove insecurity, remove heaviness, remove tiredness in Jesus' name. Right now, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're releasing callings. I even pray that someone's at horseback riding therapy and a program for underprivileged kids. Amazing, guys. I was just going to pray that I pray that God would give you innovation and God would give you new ideas, new strategies to reach people, things that have never been done before to reach people for the honor and the glory of God. Lord, I pray right now, give them new strategies and new ideas that have never been done before. Like someone said, horseback riding therapy. Come on, that's a God idea. How, that's a God idea. Lord, give ideas, give strategies. Counselor for depressed women. Come on, Sheila. I believe it in Jesus' name. A kingdom builder. Thank you, Lord. And I thank you, God, that you're stirring up the gifts inside. I thank you, Lord, that you're stirring up confusion. I pray that you would break off confusion. I pray you'd break off unbelief. Those that are struggling, guys, God is not hiding it. If you don't hear anything, you're not less than. God is not hiding it from you. But as you begin to do these things, God's going to unveil his, his calling on your life. And if you're walking in tune with God, you're going to be walking in your calling. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father. Breaking discouragement. Yes, Lord. Someone said open TikTok and just do it. Come on, somebody. Maybe it's to be someone to preach on TikTok. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Crystal said chain breaker. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, that you'd bring healing and deliverance right now. In Jesus' name. Father, someone said animator. I don't know. Come on. In Jesus' name. An encourager. Father, I pray right now, in Jesus' name, that you'd reveal. Open up their eyes, God. I'm reading your guys' comments here. Open up their ears, God, right now. Just let them speak to you. Father, I pray you would speak. You would speak right now in Jesus' name. You'd bring healing. Family shelters. Come on, Nikki. You'd bring healing and direction. Football player. Healing and direction right now in Jesus' name. Discipleship, healing ministry, um, a cook for a cook and a tennis player. Come on, what is it God's calling you to do? How does God want to use you? A gospel house DJ? How does God want to use you? Screenplay writer? Come on, Josina. To preach on TikTok? Praise the Lord. Father, we just pray you would open up ears right now. Open up ears and eyes. Desires, I pray, would be released. Guys, even if you're not hearing anything, let God begin to change your desires. Just If you're not hearing anything, just say, Lord, I give my body to you. Whatever you want me to do. Maybe it's not the season for a new calling, but whatever I want to do, whatever you want me to do, make yourself available to God. Hairdresser, speaker and writer, hospitality, working with the homeless, health and wellness, a prayer warrior, a Christian counselor, a nurse speaking healing over people. Come on, somebody. Right now, Lord. Prophetic healing. Basketball player. Thank you, Lord. Car detailing business. Come on, for the honor and glory of God. That's it. Lord, release callings. And I pray you'd release peace and strength, God, that you are a co-worker in this commission. And I just pray, God, peace and strength in Jesus' name to fulfill our callings. Help us, Lord. Help us. Come on, just ask him. Help us, Lord, in our callings. Help me in my calling, God. Help me not to miss my next calling. Whatever my next calling is, however long, maybe this will be a 30-year calling. I don't know. But I pray, Lord, that I would not miss the calling that you have for me, but I would walk directly in the calling that you have for me right now in Jesus' name. A wood business? Come on. That's awesome. Go for it, William. Thank you, Lord. Someone says, I believe I'm in mine. You might be in yours too, guys. I, I feel right now I'm in my calling. Maybe you're already in your calling. Maybe you're already in your calling. And there's a peace there already. I thank you, Lord, that you're bringing confirmation. Even those, Lord, that didn't hear anything specifically, I thank you, God, that you're bringing confirmation, that you're bringing your word, and that you're speaking, God, through dreams, through visions, through revelation, through other people. Maybe other people are going to speak your calling over you. Thank you, Lord. To cast out demons? Come on, somebody. Let's go, Liz. Awesome. A prophetess, come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Children's ministry, praise the Lord, Amanda. Thank you, Lord. Speak in Jesus' name. Okay, if you felt the Lord nudging you 
And guys, a lot of times the voice of God, if you've watched my other video on how to hear God, it, it feels like your own thoughts sometimes. And that's how God speaks. Remember, when God called Samuel, he thought it was Eli calling him because the voice of God sounded like Eli's voice. So sometimes the voice of other people will sound like the voice of God. Sometimes your own thoughts sound like the voice of God. So it's sometimes hard to hear, but type one, if you heard God tell you something, I know a lot of you are writing stuff, but type one, if you felt God nudging you or you heard a whisper or you heard something or you, heard, you felt the desire come up, that still small voice, I want you to type one so I can see those of you that feel God speaking to you. Thank you, Lord. And if he's not, he could be speaking through other ways. So don't think tonight, like I'm disappointed. You could apply these steps and you can see God begin to move. Look at all these ones, guys. You can see God begin to move in your life by applying these steps, by giving your body, letting him renew your mind. Some of you are in this process and some of you, it's not time for a new calling. Thank you, Lord. Awesome. Thank you. I see you, um, Avi or Kaylee. Awesome. Praise the Lord. It says opening up a peaceful, large property, like a retreat for those that are lost and need him. Come on. It says they got a vision of them opening a large retreat. Come on. I love it. Thank you, Lord. Writing books. Come on. Thank you, Lord. God is moving right now. I'm 62. I need a new calling. Father, I pray over Naomi right now. Release a new calling in Jesus' name. Someone, Tyreek said he kept repeating it over and over. Amazing. Thank you, Lord. So many guys. You guys froze my thing. There are so many of you. The anointing is really strong. I agree, Craig. Lord, I just pray right now. Continue to move, God, right now. It doesn't have to stop because we're stopping it. Continue to move right now, I pray in Jesus' name. Give us ears to hear. Motorcycle ministry, come on, Sue. Lord, I pray you'd give us ears to hear in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, give us ears to hear what you're saying and what you're speaking. Holy Spirit, just move right now. Teacher keeps popping in my mind. I heard politician, but maybe I doubt it because you said it. If it's God's will, you walk in his ordained steps. I'm going to be talking about uh, that with you guys soon, about God predestining us, pre-knowing us in God's will. This is all in God's will. Thank you, Lord, that you predestined us and pre-knew us in Jesus' name. What an awesome time, guys. I really do believe that if you apply those amazing numbers, guys, for doing Knowing Your Calling, I know sometimes when we do certain teachings, we'll get a lot more viewers, but we had an amazing viewership. If you want to sow and give, you can. The links are there on screen. Let God keep moving. You don't have to stop because we're stopping. You know, we're almost two hours in, so I want to do this. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.